When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Matthew Collar and ESPN's Courtney Cronin here, and we welcome in a guy who is on one of the best football breakdown shows in history, NFL Matchup, also a writer and analyst for ESPN, a great Twitter account to follow. Matt Bowen, what's going on, Matt? I'm good, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, I think you and I need to start by breaking down Aaron Schobel's play in Buffalo and how he was underrated because that's that's where I grew up, Matt, and you were on one of those good defenses that, uh, let's just say, didn't get as rewarded as they should have because of offensive play. No, we didn't have a high-powered offense. That's, that's a long time ago. That's 2000. My, my last year in the league was 2006. With Coach Duran, but I love playing out in Buffalo. Um, it was great. Um, my wife uh, taught at Niagara University when we were out there. Nice. So it was a great, great experience for us. We loved the town. The fan base was awesome. Just wish we would have won a couple more games. Yeah, well, uh, we uh, really did. Getting into the playoffs would have been nice. Well, pass along a go Purple Eagles for your wife. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, I, we wanted to have you on here. I mean, first of all, because you're about as good as it gets when it comes to breaking down film and, and analyzing teams and so forth. And, and just want to get your takes on some Vikings things, especially with okay. the first round. And I know that you did a mockery, had them taking T. Higgins. And we've been debating a lot about whether a wide receiver is the right play for the Vikings here. With the way that Gary Kubiak has his offensive system set up, a lot of running, a lot of throwing to tight ends, do you think it is of highest priority to go receiver or to look, uh, or should they consider looking elsewhere because they have no cornerbacks at the moment? Yeah, I think you have to look at corner as well. That has to be one of your top priorities. And in terms of your draft board, that needs to be towards the top of the draft board. But the reason I went with T. Higgins, I, I wrote a post at ESPN about, you know, this wide receiver class. It's real deep. It's loaded. There's talent, you know, really on day one, eight, and day two when you look at this wide receiver class. And I said, okay, what did they do at the wide receiver position now with Stephon Diggs moving on to Buffalo? And I, and I think like this. You don't have to replace Stephon Diggs in terms of his skill set or his traits or his total production. You have to replace him with someone who fits your scheme, someone who can win isolation routes outside. Someone can run the deep overs off of play action. We know we're a very heavy play action based team in terms of their passing game in Minnesota and how they create those vacated zones down the field. Someone that can make contested catches for Cousins. Someone that can make plays in the red zones for Cousins. That's why I went with Higgins. 
I think he has such a high floor at the position. Played at a championship program at Clemson. A ton of college production. Doesn't have great testing numbers. You know, he didn't run at, at the combine, but he, you know, he ran at his pro day. Did not have great testing numbers. But then, uh, <clears throat> this is what I always say. It comes down to, okay, the testing numbers weren't great, but can you look at the film? you got to trust what you see. Mm-hmm. Trust your eyes when you're watching these prospects. When I watch T. Higgins, I think he'd be a solid pro football player. And another thing about him, he played all three wide receiver spots at Clemson. So he could play outside, you know, at the X and Z wide receiver, or he can bump inside the slot, try to create some matchups there. But that's just one name. I mean, if you stick with wide receiver, Denzel Mims could be there out of Baylor. Justin Jefferson could be there out of LSU. Michael Pittman out of USC. Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. So it really depends if they are going to go wide receiver. They'll have an opportunity to get a very talented player. Just comes down to how the board plays out and what they have in terms of their overall grades. Now, if they decide they want to wait on that, and if they go, let's say, cornerback, and then they find a tackle that they really like, an offensive tackle at 25, and they're able to address two somewhat immediate needs, definitely for cornerback, tackle, I guess mm-hmm. debatable at this point. But if they wait to day two, till day two, and then you have guys potentially like Michael Pittman Jr., Donovan Peoples-Jones, mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson, um, with as deep as this class is, where does it level off at any point when you've been evaluating these players on tape? Because I, I know that Johnson is a name that we're all familiar with because he went to the U and had a really good right. career there. But he seems like kind of a hard prospect to get, I don't know, a feel on just as far as how he would fit at the NFL level, but a good value for a day two pick if you were to go that way. I agree, Courtney. And with Johnson, you're looking at someone I think who fits more inside in the slot, becomes a matchup player. You can scheme open inside the numbers because he has the physical traits. He's got the ball skills, some of the best in the class in terms of making plays and contested catches, making plays in traffic, working in the middle of the field, physical after the catch. Now, doesn't have elite traits in terms of explosive speed, separation ability. I think that's one reason he'll slide a little bit in the draft. But again, go back to Played in the Big Ten, played at the University of Minnesota, a ton of college production, made plays against high-level Big Ten teams, made plays in the bowl game against Auburn. So he's made plays against really good competition. Just depends on how he fits in your offense. And in terms of playing for the Vikings, I think he'd be a guy who's going to line up outside. But when you really want to get him the football, you want to scheme him open inside to cater to his ability. And that's what you're going to get on day two. A guy like Van Jefferson out of the University of Florida. I don't think he has elite speed in terms of breakaway speed or game-breaking speed. One of the best route runners in the draft, though. So, again, you're looking at traits, I think, at that point. What traits fit your scheme? How do they fit into your offense? How can you get them targets in the passing game? And where do you use them in third downs and in the red zone? Matt, sticking with the uh, Gophers, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., If mm-hmm. <laughs> people love to send us their draft simulations, and we encourage them to do so uh, with a couple of websites where you could do it. I am telling you, every single one has Antoine Winfield Jr. going to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> now, I know on Twitter you did some breakdown of him not too long ago. Uh, your thought, I mean, can he play multiple positions? Could he be a nickel corner? Do you see him as just a deep safety in the NFL? What's your takeaway from Antoine Winfield Jr.? <laughs> I really like his film. I mean, he's a football player. That's the best way to say it. I mean, he really is a football player. A ton of on-the-ball production. We know he had, what, five, six, seven picks last season. Uh, good transition speed. What I mean by that is he can break downhill on the football. Uh, very aggressive in the run game. They use him as a blitzer at, at the University of Minnesota. As a good tackler in space. Does have the versatility. I don't think he's a true slot corner. I think he's a, a slot safety. If you play... Uh, you know, your sub packages with three safeties in the field. He can roll down and play in that slot position where you match the receivers. 
Um, and really, if you're talking about a scheme fit, he's best in a quarters base defense. Now, quarters means, you know, you're four deep. And I'll be honest, that's the base defense of Mike Zimmer. When you think of Mike Zimmer's defense, that's what it is right there. Mm-hmm. I think he's a tremendous player. And I think he is somewhere in that top of, you know, the second round. Uh, and top second round, mid-second round, somewhere in that range is where he's probably going to come off the board. And some people might disagree. Some might say he's a first-round pick. That's a great thing about this process. There's a lot of opinions in it. But that's the guy, if I'm a coach, that's the guy I want in the room. And I always say that about certain players. I mean, that's someone you want to coach. You want to work with them because they have the traits. They have the physicality. They would fit in your system. And just what he shows on film. Now, I don't, I don't know Antoine Winfield off the field, what he's like in the weight room, what he's with, how he acts with the position coaches. It doesn't matter to me right now because I'm just looking at the film. When I look at the film, that's the guy I want in my football team. Football. It's one hell of a breakdown there, sir. That was incredible. Um, <laughs> last year, the the run on defensive linemen uh, and where we expected it to happen, I think all that kind of matched up. And as we look at the class, this year's class of edge rushers, it's not nearly as deep. I mean, there's probably maybe four going in the top 20. Um, but the Vikings have a need because they need to figure out, you know, is Afadio Denebo going to be able to take on that role, the void left by Everson Griffin? And it kind of feels like you'd look to a rotation at that position, or you know, who do you bring in? Where do you find the best value? If they have so many other positions of need, wide receiver, cornerback, ta- offensive tackle, where do you address defensive end if you're the Minnesota Vikings, Matt, just knowing what's out there and what's probably going to be out of your reach in the first round, and maybe that's something you address day two? Uh, it's either day two or the end of the first round. You know, if you think about the end of the first round, Courtney, what about A.J. Epinesa? Now, obviously, I'm an Iowa grad. Uh, I'm a little biased, and I play with A.J.'s father. Uh, he was my college teammate. Um, if I could play about A.J. Epinesa, I think that's where he's going to fall, Courtney, is that, you know, back end of the first round. Um, has versatility, can play defensive end, defensive tackle. And trust me, what I'm being by this, he's a true defensive end, Courtney. You know, he's not a bendy electric pass rusher off the edge. He's a defensive end. They can play both the run and the pass, can give you production as a pass rusher off the, off the edge. He's an excellent, excellent technique. I think pro-ready technique. And I can speak on his character. His family's unbelievable. He played for, <clears throat> for Coach Ferentz at the University of Iowa. And when you draft an Iowa player, you're getting a second-year pro in terms of their maturity. You know, again, obviously, I'm very biased when I talk about Coach Ferentz and Iowa Hawkeyes. It's understandable. But I know the program well. I played in the program know the family well. I think A.J. Epinesa is going to be a really good pro football player. And if you're talking about someone on the edge, you could do multiple things for you in defense that likes players with versatility in Minnesota, that could be an option. Talking with Matt Bowen of ESPN. Matt, I, I feel the same way about uh, Epinesa, or I'm just saying it because you said it and I copy your opinions. But um, <laughs> you know, there is, a, there is a fascinating thing to me with how much we take the NFL combine and pro days right. and so forth. Like, uh, Did they play any new football games? Because when that guy <laughs> played against the Gophers, he shredded them. And it's like, uh, I'll just take that guy. I don't want to know what his combine numbers are and if he jumped far right. enough and he did this and he did that. And I remember Remember Delvin Cook's pro day was awful. I think I can jump farther yeah. than Delvin Cook, and he's the best running back in the league. So, how much do you value it when you're doing your analysis? Are you focusing entirely on tape, or do you? How do you kind of factor that in? Because a lot of times we see the guys who are great on tape and then drop, they end up making everybody look bad. Well, I think you have to look at the player. We talked about T. Higgins earlier. You know, I think T. Higgins is a four-five guy. 
You know, he's pretty close to that time. That's what he is. Nothing changes for me. You know, AJ. You know, AJ didn't have a great 40 time. But, again, what type of player is? You brought the Minnesota game. That's where you saw him lined up a defensive tackle and get home to the quarterback and do different things for you. Dalvin Cook's a great example. I remember the, the same things you're talking about with the testing numbers from Dalvin Cook. Then you turn on the film, you say, man, this guy really plays fast. I think it's the number one thing. Do they have game speed? Game speed. We're talking about Winfield. I don't remember what Winfield ran. I really don't. I have to look it up. Because when I watch him on film, he plays fast. That tells you, you know, it's really position-based, too. If you're talking about a safety, I don't care if you run a 4-6. I really don't care. Can you get to the football? Because there's so many things that go into playing at a, at a faster clip on the game field. Your football intelligence, your eyes at the safety position, your ability to plant and drive in the football. Understand route combination. Be able to read the quarterback's shoulders. That all gives you a jump. So you can be a four six guy and play as a low four five guy because you are so smart. Because you have that those traits that carry over the field that make you a faster football player. And, and that happens every year, Matthew. It happens every year uh, with the combine. Is someone runs a great time and they get pushed up the board, and you're forgetting what your what your job as a scout is at the end of the day is to evaluate the football player. The workout is a part of the process. I understand. We wouldn't have the combine if it wasn't part of the process. But I don't think grades should change much uh, based on 40 times and athletic testing because you have the film in front of you. And this year is a perfect example of that, Matthew, because all the pro days have been canceled and because you have some combine numbers. A lot of guys didn't run at the combine. Mm -hmm. Some of the top players didn't run at the combine. So what you're really doing right now is focusing solely on game film and obviously what you get from the strength coach, the head coach, the position coach at their, you know, at their respective programs, that, that weighs into as well. But at the end of the day, can you play? How do you fit in the scheme? And do you have traits that transition to the NFL level? And like you said, the combine's the last thing outside of like Jalen Hurts' pro day. I can't think of any other players who had, um, you know, big pro days that, you know, were televised like we typically would have seen throughout March and April. But nonetheless, this is the time of year where we start hearing kind of the behind the scenes talk of, hey, this guy's rising. His draft stock is rising. But now, since there's no technical new information, you're just hearing it from teams and kind of how they are stacking their board. In your opinion, from the film that you've watch the last month or so as we've kind of gone through this new process of evaluating players, or at least it's what it feels like. Is there anybody that really stands out to you as somebody who, even on limited um, limited information, let's call it that for right now, that has kind of risen his stock uh, to where you think he might be jumping a day or even around? I think one player could be Jeff Gladney, the cornerback from TCU. Uh, and the reason I I look at, at Gladney is because he's a man coverage corner. And I think right now the league is trending more towards man coverage. Uh, I think there's a need for mad, man coverage corners. One of the reasons for that is there's so much quick passing now in run pass options. And that's just finding holes in zone coverage. And you do it all, all day long. I think you need man corners in the NFL right now. I think you need competitive man corners. You know, I said this about Winfield. Gladney's another guy from the secondary coach. I want him in the room. Because he has, he's ultra competitive. He's very aggressive in coverage. Can be a little grabby at times. That's okay. You live with that as a coach because that's what man corners are. I think he's got ball skills. I think he's a willing tackler, and I think he'd fit in a lot of schemes. Jeff Gladney's a guy that, you know, some scouts would tell you he's a day two pick. I could see him sneaking into the back end of the first round. He really could because, again, the traits. 
can you cover in the secondary? That's a valuable skill to have right now, especially with the amount of passing we see all the time in the NFL, the amount of quick game I mentioned, run pass options, also play action as well. You want to be in man coverage in those situations. So to answer your question, Courtney, I would look at Jeff Gladney. Hey, Matt, uh, last thing for you. Uh, all the time we talk about you know why guys make it, why they don't, and Courtney and I were kind of going back and forth and debating some of these general managers who were you know complaining behind the scenes to the media about not having all the access and so forth. I- I'm curious from your experience, just all the players that you played with, tons of guys who would have been drafted high, some who made it, some who didn't. Was there a common thread to the guys that were successful and uh, those who weren't? And, and maybe how does that play into how random the draft can be? Well, I think there's a couple things there. Uh, number one is your professional approach to the game. And coming from the college level, uh, where a lot of things are taken care of for you to becoming a professional athlete, where you have to manage yourself, manage your body, manage your training, manage your game prep, uh, be able to play through injury. Uh, you can't miss time in the NFL. You, you just can't. I mean, the top players can, but a guy like me, who's a six-round pick, are you kidding me? You can't miss time. Um, now, obviously, some of that is luck, but a lot of it is being able to play through injury. The other thing is the scheme fit and the opportunity. Now, we see a lot of guys that bust in the NFL that are in the wrong system, mm-hmm. whether they're drafted based on their height, weight, and speed. Right? We see that all the time, especially top 15 players that bust. They're drafted on uh, height, weight, and speed and the traits. You always hear, do they have top 15 traits? Well, because of that, sometimes guys are put into the wrong wrong scheme. And scheme also deals with coaching and opportunity. How early do you play? Are you As a quarterback, are you are you put on the field a little bit too early? Mm-hmm. We see that happen quite a bit now, where quarterbacks don't really sit anymore. They're kind of thrown right into the mix. And that can really hurt someone's development. Um, but that's why when I'm writing all this stuff at ESPN, one thing we always focus on is team fit over need, okay? I think sometimes when general managers draft for need, um, they're not drafting the player that really fits their scheme or the highest-graded player on their board at that time when they're on the clock because that's so vital right now. You can talk about quarterbacks. You can talk about safeties. It doesn't matter. We talked about playing in the quarter scheme. There's some safeties that aren't fit for that, and you put them in that situation, they're not going to be productive for you. I always use this example. I wasn't very good, and I fooled people for seven years in the NFL that I could play. And when I was playing for Greg Williams in Washington, uh, he knew I couldn't cover anybody unless it was like a backup long snapper that was playing tight end. <laughs> All right. So what did he do? He blitzed me almost every time. That's what, that's one thing I was good at. Okay. So Greg would put me in a position to cater to my strength specifically. Okay. Not put me in a position where I had a cover slot receiver who could beat me all day long. Right. So that's coaching. That's understanding your players. That's catering. Your, your scheme to your players or finding the right fit for your players within that scheme. And I think that really falls on coaching staffs um, in the National Football League of doing a better job sometimes when it comes to guys that bust of finding the right fit for them within your scheme. Because too Football. often... <laughs> too often we have guys that are put in the wrong scheme and you see what happens. And they just don't make it because of that. Man, if you want that, we can send it to you. So you can just use it in everyday life. That can be life. your ringtone. Put, right, put it on your phone. So once once you're done talking, oh, somebody's a football. That's right. Uh, well, Matt, this is awesome. You're one of my favorite followers on Twitter, at MattBowen41, writes for ESPN. And if you can, I know I don't know how much pull you have, but can you get NFL matchup on a time where we can watch it in the uh, central time zone? Well, just, I'll tell you this. We have two draft shows coming up, and obviously the format's going to change because we're going to film remotely. Yeah. This year, obviously. 
Uh, we're going to have two primetime shows uh, coming up the week before and the week of the draft. And we're going to break down the top prospects. Awesome. And we're going to talk quarterbacks. We're going to talk defensive backs. Isaiah Simmons and Clemson, a lot of wide receiver talk, a lot of corners that we just mentioned now, guys like Jeff Gladney. So we are going to have two primetime shows that are coming up later this month. Outstanding. We'll look forward to those, and uh, I'll just DVR, continue to DVR NFL matchup so I can wake up on a Sunday and watch it. Uh, always appreciate your work, Matt, and it was great to have you on. Thanks for coming on, buddy. All right, thank you. Yep, take care. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank. What if I told you you could get cash back just for being yourself? The U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card lets you customize your rewards to maximize your cash back. Receive up to 5% cash back on the two reward categories that best fit your lifestyle and adjust your cash back selections each quarter as your spending changes. Learn more at usbank.com slash cash plus. Whether you're a movie buff or a gym rat, a foodie or a techie, a homebody or a jet setter, you can earn 5% cash back doing the things you love. Just be yourself and get rewarded. Plus, you'll get 2% cash back on one everyday category like gas stations, EV charging stations, groceries or restaurants. Apply now at usbank.com slash cash plus and discover how you can get a $200 cash back bonus. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm here on USPTO. It's almost the end of the year, and if you don't put me on a timesheet, I will be gone forever. Use me or lose me. Let's get away. It's getaway time. Get our best deals of the season on a new Hyundai. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now, get 0% APR for up to 36 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on select Hyundai vehicles. Hurry to your local Hyundai dealer today. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offer ends 1-323. Call 1-562-314-4603 for complete offer details.